Hello everyone and welcome back to Gathering of Gotchas, the only podcast that focuses exclusively on the games your parents don't want you to play. I'm Galen, the sound guy Firestone. I'm Ronico. I'm Kite, and we've got a very special guest today. Introduce yourself, hi. please. Yeah, hi, I'm Barros. I uh, I don't know why I'm here, really. I have absolutely no merit, but uh, it's going to be fun being here. <laughs> I will explain why you're here. <laughs> please do. You're here because you're one of the hosts of the Global Original Podcast, which we've shouted out a couple of times before, and you've had a little competition in your podcast. Ah, right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, uh, we had a TV competition. <laughs> Did you actually forget? No, 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 no. I, I remembered. I remembered. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> Good, so yeah, good job. Uh, there was a little dark vision competition uh, where basically each of the six hosts of your podcast uh, uh, fought for who would get the top spot. The last one had their voice chipmunked for part of an episode. That's and, right. And the winner could choose a topic and then have uh, the other podcast member not participate in it. Oof. Yeah, Ooh. that's uh, kind of what happened, unfortunately. Yeah, that's. Uh... <laughs> but I mean, like, hey, it's it's a bit on me as well. I I chose a controversial topic. Uh oh, what was the topic? Uh, it was Final Fantasy Brave Experience erotic fanfiction. Oh yes. wow! Um... <laughs> hey hey, in my defense, they were pretty decent. Okay. <laughs> All right, you know what? That's cool. Just just a fair warning, though. This podcast is thoroughly rated PG, so maybe not going in that direction for this. Yeah, one. absolutely. Yeah. No details about the fanfics, I promise. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, and uh, somewhere along the way, I thought, you know what? The winner is probably going to have better insights than me on or any other member of the this podcast uh, to talk about. Uh, Dark vision in its intricacy, so might as well have a guest. So, in any case, it's a pleasure to have you with us. Thank you for coming. Yep, and yeah, thank you very pleasure. much for inviting me. Just as a point of clarification, we are aware that uh, Dark Visions is not exactly recent. Unfortunately, we've been running into some fairly major technical issues lately involving Discord. Um, so, we had to reschedule the podcast for this week as opposed to last week, which is not ideal, but I mean, here we are. Yep. And, I mean, hey, we're Dark doing another come back. Exactly. And so, with uh, that in mind, let's go ahead and start off with the FFBE recap of the week. Ying! So, let's start with uh, some of the uh, units that were new last time. Uh, Sarah, Noel, Adult Hope, and most importantly, the free unit, Lightning, again. But not Honest this one. as Etro's champion, the Knight of Valhalla. Yeah, well, this is the 13-2 version of everybody, and yep. I have been looking forward to this banner on a personal level for a very long time. I'm a big 13-2 fan. Um, I've called it repeatedly, 13-2 specifically, uh, the best uh, Final Fantasy game since the PS1 era. I'm not sure that title holds, having replayed 12 since then, and actually going, oh yeah, this is actually a great game. Um... But I do find myself very, uh, very just, I like these characters a lot, and I'm glad they finally got proper representation. Also, Sarah gets to be CG, and Yuna did not, so rip Yuna, I guess. Yep. And, well, it, and, well Sarah has a lot of firsts in FFB, in, in 
the standard point of view because she's along one of the she's the only CG protagonist so far that is not based on her Dissidia appearance because she is not a part of any of the Dissidia spin-offs but she did yep. make made her debut in Opera Omnia. That's her first major Dissidia role there. I mean, Opera Omnia doesn't exactly count as a Dissidia game, even if it uses the Dissidia name, mostly yeah. because Dissidia is kind of off in its own continuity, and it's this, like, fighting game nonsense. Yeah. Yeah, but it's not like uh, Final Fantasy Kitchen Sink Opera Omnia had the same ring to it. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. But uh, did, did, did her CG come from the Dissidia game, or was it, like, uniquely made for FB? I doubt... It was all uh, uniquely made for FFBE, but prior to this, everyone was using their Dissidia designs, which is why yep. Warrior of Light looks like a blue dude yep. with horns on his head instead of, you know, a red fighter guy. Yep. And oh, you learn I've got robbed. Yeshtola is also another big, big exception because she is based on her Shadowbringers appearance. It is not her usual Storm Stormblood Heaven's Ward appearance. Hmm. Yeah, which is... True. The appearance I prefer, I might add. I, I greatly prefer how she looks in, in Stormblood and Heaven's Word, but whatever. Yep. Yeah. So, let's talk a bit about the unit, starting with Sarah. Yep. Okay. Uh, her TMR is a magic bow with bird killer. Unsurprising, that's bird killer. kind of what she does. Um. Yeah, so... Uh, uh, so every bow in the game has bird killer. Isn't that really strange? No, well, elf, elf's bow, which is the Lunera's TMR, yep. has demon killer. Yep, yeah, it has demon true. killers. And My Artemis bow has like beast and demon killers. But yeah, most of them. The uh, the reasoning is uh, things that shoot up kill birds. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Turn yeah, but you don't see chicken. any guns with bird killer, though. True, true. I mean, those would be the premier bird killers, right? You're going to see, like, a shotgun. That, 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 that should be pretty good at taking out birds. Yeah. You think, but <laughs> well, a lot of times games will make shotguns into close-range weapons, which isn't exactly accurate. Um, yeah, yeah. Unless it's a gun blade. That wasn't what we were talking about, Kite, but thank you for the input. Cheers. Uh, gun blades are the superior weapon, though. I, I completely agree. I main Gunbreaker in, in 14, so I 100% agree. Uh, anyway, um, so the point I'm trying to uh, make here, like with the shotgun thing, like over at Arknights, we'll talk about this later, there's a dude named Executor who uses a shotgun, and he's incredibly close range, despite technically being classified as a sniper. So a lot of games will go in that direction with, anti, with shotguns and not anti-bird weapons like they're supposed to be. Yeah, I wonder what happened because like that's been that's been a thing for like any type of game for so long. Like you have a shotgun, it's literally like if the dude is two two more than two meters or I don't know what that is in feet. I guess you're gonna have to do uh, math. a little over six feet. Yeah, so if the dude is six feet away, you're just gonna miss. Like you're gonna flat out tickle him with your yeah, shotgun. Yeah, I, I think that's because game designers just don't really comprehend how spread shot actually works, and they think it spreads like super wide, and it doesn't. Yeah, it would have to spread, like, but not just spread super wide, we also have to, like, slow down considerably yeah. in order for it to not be lethal even at, like, 60 yards range. Yeah, ballistic velocity is no joke. Yeah. Especially yeah. the ballistic velocity of a magical Mughal transformed into a weapon. 
Yeah, transformed <laughs> only into a bow, I might add, which mildly is annoying because in 13-2 itself, that would transform into a sword at close range. She was a close range fighter as well. Yep. Yeah. yep. Yeah. Well, at least she can equip swords. Yes. And great. Mm -hmm. No, never mind. She can equip dagger and great swords. Nothing in between. What? <laughs> yeah, no. What the heck? Yeah. Great sword. Hmm. That's, That's a bit yeah. weird. Makes no... I guess technically she holds Mog as a two-handed sword, but that's a hard technically on that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's also yeah. really bad, though, because, like, most of the magic weapons are swords. Like, yeah. you don't see many great swords with magic exactly. unless you count, like, Beowulf. Yep, outside yes. Beowulf's Chaos Blade, nope. Um, let's forget Weird. that Beowulf exists. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd love to, but, like, I just got another... Uh, on a random rainbow, and it oh, just made no. me so sad. Oh no, I'm so sorry. I like oh, him no. so much in tactics, and it makes me so sad that he's so jank here. A bay yeah, oof. same here, same here. He was like literally one of my favorite characters in tactics. But you yeah. got Beowulf again. Mm -hmm. No, as far as Sarah's STMR, uh, it's sixty percent magic, uh, hundred percent uh, true dual with magic, and that uh, twenty five twenty percent bonus if you have a bow. Which is very, very, very optimized for her. But it's also just really good for any bow magic user in general. Like, I think a couple of the Finas work that way. Mm-hmm. The Finas, the Dark... Yeah, the, the problem is that we don't really have a bow with STMRT stats. Yeah. A magic bow, anyway. is an issue. So most of the time, your mages will have uh, a rod to a true dual wield, uh, a true double hand... But uh, we take the uh, magic charger plus sixty percent magic. Mm -hmm. So minor STMR. Um, one thing that's a bit iffy about it is that she has. So it's one hundred percent magic to, uh, true dual wheel, right? And yeah. that's not connected to the bow part. The problem is recently we're seeing mages getting one hundred and fifty percent true dual wield. Yeah, it's kind of like so. It's kind of a waste of stat. Although older mages no, uh, still benefit a lot from it. It's true double hand, not true dual will, my bad. Oh, yeah, 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 that would make sense. That would make a yeah. lot more sense, of course. Which is capped at 400%, and most mages don't have 350% net. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Then, then, it's, then it's actually incredibly good. Then it's like a super souped-up magic charger. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's what it is. That's STMR tier, and that's all we can ask for. Yeah. Man, now you made me regret not pulling for Sarah. Uh, she's got Chaos Wave Awakened in a lot of elements. Uh, Earth, yeah. Wind, Holy. Earth, Wind, and Holy. Mostly yeah. Earth. Yeah. I mean, she has one more Earth-related skill, but that also uses the entirety of the Summon Gauge. Mm -hmm. She also uses and the Summon Gauge for some of her skills. Yeah, including her self-full heal. Uh, that's the way to reflect the fact that in FF13-2, you had uh, the two main characters and a third monster party member. Yeah, so the third monster party member was, for me, mostly some combination of Saz, Lightning13-1, or uh, Jill Nabot. Yeah, these are not options there. Sadly. <laughs> Typhon apparently is, and he was DLC like most of those other names, so... Not really sure why I didn't realize you could get Typhon if you beat Ultros enough times. Also remind me, uh, in this game, is Typhon not a wind thing character? 
Uh, he's yes, still definitely. the same guy. Uh, because I, that Typhon scale is Earth Elemental. Yeah, that's weird, because that's Snort. That's always been Sneeze. That's always been... Yeah. That should be Wind. I don't understand why that's... Yeah, he's, he's, like, he's not throwing chunks of Earth at you, like blowing you out of the battle. He's just, you know, sneezing you out. Yeah. That's weird. When did Incredibly weird. I'm not sure why they would do that. I've never seen... Yeah, that just clicked with me. You're right. That is that is incorrect and weird and strange. I mean, maybe it was just that actually Snort was supposed to be Wind and Head Twister was supposed to be Earth or some weird reason. Yeah, perhaps maybe. that would make sense. Uh, or I mean, not that Head Twister would make that much sense being Earth either, I guess, but... Yeah, but the other is Typhoon. Yeah, yeah it was weird. That I'm going to agree on that. They, they probably could have gone with somebody else, but okay, cool. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, she's mostly a Coast Wave Awakened Chainer. Uh, unfortunately, I'm going to say. Why unfortunately? Well, you know, so it's not the DV segment yet, but Chaos Wave Awakens has this unfortunate, uh, unfortunate trait that it's usually AoE, as it is uh, for her, and AoE chains break when the unit or when the enemy is dead mm. meaning that if you're a quad cast chainer and you kill the enemy on your first cast you're not going to get any more casts effectively reducing your damage by 75 percent, right yeah and that's a big problem big yes. problem indeed. well it's a big problem when you need to deal with leaderboards if you're just trying to kill the boss it's not as much of a problem no exactly like she's she's an absolute powerhouse when it comes to killing bosses but She's going to struggle just like all of our top tier mages right now do in DV, though. That makes but sense. But that's just, a, yeah, and that's a problem they haven't really solved, though they did kind of with some of the upcoming units we're going to talk about. Soon. Yeah. I mean, that's not as much as solving as a workaround. Yeah. I mean, but, yeah. yeah. We'll get to that. Uh, for now, uh, she has a model of uh, multicast uh, similar to, uh, uh, say, uh, Bahamut uh, Fina, okay. which is that she starts as a dual caster and unlocks a triple cast. And uh, she has 130% imperial for all three of her elements on her cheap LB, with also a 10 evoke uh, gauge charge. So that could be nice for at least like the uh, mission requirements, especially given that she gets uh, her LB full on first turn, just like any other LB uh, CG unit. Hmm. All right. So she can have this little bit of a toolbox status this way, even though she doesn't exactly uh, shine when it comes to supportive utility. Yeah, it seems like she's got one mode and one mode only, and that's bring the deeps. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Which we is... a 60% break to help bring the deeps. Yeah. This is fine. Really this is nice. acceptable. Bring the deeps. Yeah. The only problem with, with her, I'm going to say, or with the element choices that they gave her, unfortunately, is that uh, for some weird reason, like you want to have an element out of all the three different types of magic, like the primary, secondary, and the whatever third is called. Tertiary. Tertiary? Yeah, there we go. Yeah. 
Uh, unfortunately, she has Wind Earth, which are both secondary, and then you have bosses that are immune to both. Um, but she does have Holy to to back that up with, so that's that's yeah. I guess good. Are there other uh, Holy CWA trainers? Oh, right, Soul. Uh, Terra. There's Terra is also. Oh, Terra. There's a uh, Fina. Wait, hold on. Yeah. Go back. Did you just say that Sarah and Terra are actually uh, AOE holy partners on this? CWA. I kind of love that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you're Terra dealing with a couple Sarah. of my favorite protagonists right here. You're dealing with a couple of my favorite protagonists, so I'm I'm good. And now you have a reason to like replay trials and and use Terra and Sarah. Yeah. They also rhyme. They do, which is weird. <laughs> they but do. I'm, that's not yeah. really why I care that much. But all right, yeah, cool. The problem is though that, that Terra is a quadcast chainer, though, exactly. while Terra yeah. is a triple cast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not perfect. Clearly. Yeah. Shall we move on to Noel? Yep. Noel Christ. Let's talk Noel about him. Noel Christ, the last hunter. Oh. Uh, so starting with his TMR, it's a weird one. Mahanruin. How do you pronounce it again? Mahanruin. But I am completely free uh, trying this uh, pronunciation. (laughs) It's probably Gaelic. It is definitely Gaelic. And the letters don't make sense in any single way in this language. It probably is like... They they have completely lost me ever since I learned that in Neo, uh, Neo, uh, so Iris is pronounced Sesha. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but I mean, like, like then you have like Shilele that's spelled exactly that you would never guess how it's spelled. Uh, Shilelag. So yeah, unless exactly. somehow my nose just bleed. <laughs> yeah, no. Gaelic is a weird language. Basically, mm-hmm. any Proto-English language is weird. If it comes from the British Isles, Welsh, Irish Gaelic, Scots Gaelic, Druidic, oh. any of that. They're just bonkers with the spelling. Exactly. And anyway, so we're just going to... Yeah, no, you're not wrong. So we're just going to be ignorant dudes and just go with Macaluin. And just exactly. live with that, because it's probably pronounced something completely different. Yeah, it's probably pronounced mayonnaise, but we don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, well, its name is now mayonnaise. Like, congratulations, yes, yes. you just did that. Right. All right, I, so I think it's fine. I, I think yeah. it's pretty close to the original. Like, I, probably. I, I, I'm an expert. Yeah, yeah no, that's, uh, I'll take it. So, yeah. mayonnaise is a water speed with 150 attack, and that's it. Yep, that is, that is a single-handed weapon with nothing fancy to it. Decent attack. Cool. Well, I... it does have water element on it, and yeah. sometimes having single-handed weapons with water element is pretty decent. It does have high attack, too. So it's kind of like if you can use spears, it's better than Brotherhood, I guess. Yeah. That's something. Yeah. But uh, I've devalued a fair amount recently the elemental weapons because uh, Im- impurers have uh, very important secondary roles and are generally uh, well-loved uh, in parties. Mm-hmm. Plus, you can have a character self-imbue and then have Mastermind Son spread it because Mastermind Son does everything and is a wonderful boy. Yeah, and one thing that's a bit weird, he kind of has the same problem that... that- well, Sid Ish had with his STMR on release. So, or or not not in the same way, but I mean, Noel can imbue himself with ice or water, but the ice is not going to do much for you because 
yeah, if you're using his TMR, then you're already water-based, so you don't want to use his ice attack, meaning that if you want to use something else than water, then you can't use his TMR, and then you use his, lose his TMR passive, which is Many not great, to be honest. Basically, if you want to have freedom with his elements, you need his STMR. Which is a yeah, pretty kind good of... STMR. Raw yeah. attack 80 and 75% on two killers are pretty common enemy types. I dig it. Yeah, it's, it's really fantastic. Nice. Although, to, to be honest, it's it's not the end of the world if you don't no. trigger his passive. You do lose 70% flat attack, but the 50% uh, true dual wield is not that bad because he has 100% innate Aside from that, so you like it, it's still you know the standard gear you're gonna put yeah, on. Yeah, you can Hermes make up for it pretty easily. Exactly. And the LB upgrade, which is also a part of the TMR skill, is nothing. It's like two times modifier on his uh, damage. Yeah, it's not much. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you don't even care. Exactly. And, and I mean, that's also assuming you're actually gonna max his LB, which like you're not. Why would yeah. you? Yeah, I will say I really like the fact that they've made very clear that some LBs don't need to be upgraded. Like I have the thing with Odin Reagan's LB as well, where maxing his LB gets you similar, like uh, two times modifier increase, and that's it. Yeah. yeah. It is a bit weird. I'm not going to lie. It's a bit weird they do that because they also take away the sat. So, so like, okay, let's say, let's say you have really invested in Noel, like, like it's one of your favorite characters, and you're going like, okay, you know what? I'm gonna max this out. I'm gonna uh, door his, um, I don't know, magic because yeah. like I, I, I want to go all out. But there's like literally no satisfaction in leveling his LB, and that's a bit yeah. weird. Like there should be something out of it, right? Yeah. But um, on the other hand, it does help you save on LB parts, which are kind of hard to... Uh, uh, I mean, I don't have a full stock of them. You don't? Like, I am literally swimming in them. What yeah. kind of parts? LB. We're oh. only talking about LB here. Oh. Yep. I even uh, have a lot of them. Yeah, mechanically, he's an AMOE chainer. Yes, mm -hmm. he is. And he's he got... does have the ability to run himself unverse via MMX, uh, the party uh, machine and dragon killers. Which is nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, he very much like 13-2 itself. He is solid but unspectacular, if I had to call him anything. Yeah, there's one thing That's that you accurate. can say about him. Well, apart from him being not that memorable in 13-2. So, Galen, you said at the start of this podcast that it was one of your favorite games. And, yeah. and I've said so many times that 13-2 is definitely the better 13 game of the yes. two. No 100% agreed. But I also felt like when Noel, Noel came out along with Sarah, I was like, yeah, I know who Sarah is. But then I was like, who is this other dude? And then I realized, oh, yeah, yeah, he's the other protagonist of the yeah. game. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, he's not super memorable. But there yeah. is one really cool thing about him in this game, and that's that he can burst ridiculously hard. He can Ooh. burst super, super hard. When you stack his, his, mod, his mod boost and stuff, he can burst for a very high amount. And he is also a triple uh, absolute mirror of equity chainer, meaning that he pairs perfectly with another super hard bursting triple cast absolute mirror of equity chainer, which is a war hero Reagan. 
So if you have both of them, you can bring them to a trial and absolutely decimate it with some serious burst. That is pretty cool. Yeah, no, uh, for me, the main draws of 13-2 were Sarah, of course, because Laura Bailey can do no wrong. Uh, Caius Ballad was probably one of my all-time favorite Final Fantasy villains, to be perfectly honest with you. He was excellent. Mm -hmm. um, and I really like the episodic nature. I work primarily in episodic television, so I'm used to that, and I just like the way it felt in the game. I like the fact that when you load the game, it gives you a previously on. I'm like, I've edited so many of those. <laughs> yeah, no, it does even better than that. It uh, explains to you the scenario of the previous game, which was the first time I've understood the scenario of FF13 and the geography <laughs> of this game. Yeah, yeah. But but I, I actually like when games do that. Like, Dragon Quest XI mm -hmm. did a very similar thing. Like, every time you load your save, it just gives you a quick recap of where you were. And as a parent, I could go, like, three days without playing. So, yeah, yeah when I go back into it, I'm like, I do not remember what I did last time in this game. Yep. <laughs> it's a nice there's addition. Another, there's another thing that I quite like about FF13 too, and that was the treatment of Hope, which was a character that was completely uh, detestable in the first game for a, a long while at the very least, and he was pretty cool in this one. Yeah, I actually really liked Adult Hope, and I was kind of sad when I heard they turned him back into a kid for Lightning Returns for some inexplicable reason. Yeah, that's weird. And another thing uh, is that he, he, he also got shafted again, so he's he's now a four-star base unit. That's not yeah. really a shaft for a guy who was not playable in party in 13-2. Exactly. Yeah, it's but one of those where it can be too mad, but he isn't very usable. Yeah. yeah, but I heard his LB is pretty usable for the fact it breaks and it buffs. That's always a good combo. Yeah, we that's not terrible. Those if you yeah, it's a good start a new player option, I suppose. Yeah. Well, new players have a lot of good stuff, including free units. Yeah, and now we're going to go ahead and talk about one of the stars of this particular situation, the other Farron sister, who is really, really, really good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like, is situationally better than Charlotte. And by situationally, I mean in all situations that don't require you to apply 50% mitigation and cover at the same time. Exactly. She is super <laughs> strong and free to everyone. It's a yeah. bit weird because I haven't been able to get my hands on a Cecil. This is like a running gag. Thing is, like, she's my first magic tank upgrade since Charlotte. And I'm like, yeah, it's, it's both frustrating but also a bit fun. I mean... Look, if you're going to upgrade Charlotte, you're upgrading to someone who's at least cool. That's true. Like, her actual design is fantastic. Animations, really good. And great skill set. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, even her TMR and STMR are all very good. The STMR is just a sword with a, a 74 attack and 158 uh, spirit. Which is great so, for a magic tank. Here, have a chunk yeah. of spirit. Enjoy. I think, I, think I'll, I think I'll put that to Blue Mage Fina. Yeet. <laughs> <laughs> but it's quite similar to the other spirit weapon we got, right? Um, what was that? It was released on Charlotte Banner, right? From uh, the MK? The third anniversary. I think it's the spiritual yeah. Oh. sword. Yeah, yeah, yeah spiritual which was sword. That was 125 spirit. It was our yeah. first spirit sword in a long time before Paladin Cecil. I think it's also global. 125 spirit, actually. So it's mm -hmm. a lot worse yes. in comparison. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, this sword is a very nice upgrade over yeah. the spiritual sword. And the TMI is pretty good too. Yeah. 100% swath of stat if you have a sword equipped, all in defensive stats. It's, it's good. Yeah, that yeah. is just a solid tank item. I really can't complain about it. We like those. Yep. Mm, except like I haven't have used it. Except for your DPI. use it on magic tanks. Um, yeah, but if you even if you have a free spot on a DPS, generally if you have uh, your killer sorted out, you'll want to use an item exactly like this. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, uh, so her skills are decent skills. I really don't have much yeah, to. The, uh, one of the main interests is that you she has a permanent uh, double cast. As long as she has either her TMR or STMR equipped. Yeah. Yep. Except these skills are not stackable with itself, so... Yeah. Two separate abilities. Yeah, so you can dual cast the same skill, but to have uh, two Fandaras, for instance. But you can do the most important thing, which is cover and provoke on turn one. Which is yeah. awesome. Like, that is fantastic if you could pull that off on just about any any tank. Especially if you don't, you don't have access to the limited gear that gives you passive provoke. That's just mm -hmm. golden. A yeah. golden start to turn one. I have no idea why my K producer jacket went. Oh God! Oh no! That's not a fun thing to lose. That's yeah. not a fun thing to lose at all. You should contact support, sir, because that's a fantastic item. Yeah, that's pretty necessary. I realized that while I tried to. Uh, uh, gear masterminds on for passive provoke and couldn't. Not without using most of its infantry and losing the ability to have him fully evade. Oh wow, imagine like drunk selling K producer's jacket. I would just uninstall the game, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, that's Ouch. that's not a great thing to lose. Yikes. Exactly. And I don't know if I lost it or if I never had it, so I don't remember well, exactly when it came out. Oh, God. Uh, well, that was the second anniversary, right? No. Yep, it's the second anniversary. I think it was the second anniversary. Hmm. I mean, there the, the other stuff... Wait, didn't we get other stuff alongside the K-Producer jacket back then? We got, like... Did we get yeah. one of those Moogle things? Uh, the Moogle's items I have, actually. Maybe I just was super dumb and didn't realize how good the item was. I wouldn't oh, put I mean, it past me. I didn't bother I mean, with the K-Producer's really jacket until I, I was able to make a full evade kit for my non-tanks. I was even worried that I might lost it, so I had to search through the clothings tab. Yeah. And then I was unable to find it until recently. Yeah, thing is, so K producer jacket is literally needed whenever you need to gear a non-tank for passive provoke and evade. Exactly. That's, Unless that non-tank is snow, because he does not count as a yeah. tank, he just provokes. Yeah, but I'm gonna say like <laughs> snow still was a tank. I actually used snow back in the day when oh, he was like I used my... snow too. I used him to get killed. Oh, like, yeah. His job He's was to take Yeah, his uh, there were a couple of Ted Man bosses that would just start with a murder. Yeah, and I'm just no, like, no, no, I, I you use... go and get killed, die. Okay, good. Now we can actually start the fight. 
No, I, I straight up used the... Glow as a provoke tank because it was easy What's to gear for. Yeah, you want to know who I use like... as a provoke tank? Eve. Why? Ooh. Oh, okay. I mean, sure. Although nowadays, I guess like it's easier because Kenny Crow is a thing, so he's oh, easily yeah. geared as a provoke tank. But like, you're gonna struggle without a K producer's jacket if you want to gear. I don't know your healer to be your yeah. provoke. And, Eve was uh, weirdly tank. good as a provoke tank until I got until the mercenary Ramza upgrade. Uh, I, I, it was weird how he worked um, because he had that uh, gather machine parts ability that I think no one paid attention to which was actually a full-on tank ability. So if you could find a way to keep him alive for that first turn, after that, you're in a three-turn cycle and you just win. Hmm. I never thought of Eve that way. I, I guess there was so much hatred focused on Eve. I never got the hate myself, really, but um, there was yeah, so much the, hatred. The resentment, you mean. Huh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the resentment, yes. Well, you know what? I personally, I was like, at that point in the game, I was really short on defensive TMRs. So I was like, Hey, this is another resentment. <laughs> this is a good material. Oh so yeah, I, 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 I welcomed that. all Eve with I welcomed all Eves with open arms. Now everyone was all like super hyped over 9S and was angry that he was now sharing a banner despite the fact that Eve was both underrated and you got a borderline free 30% uh hit points TMR for no good reason. Like back in those days 30% hit points for no good reason was awesome. Give me that. Yeah, but also remember like, when we cared about four-star units? Oh God! Yeah, I mean, I'm also gonna say like nine S. So I want to say that nine S was both overhyped, but also properly hyped, kind of. So people really overhyped nine S for the ability to turn anyone into a chainer. But the thing is, there were so many problems with pod chaining. Like, the, oh yeah, no, pod chaining chains. was a mess. Yeah, yeah, I was like, so, so, so it was really overhyped. Yeah, it was a really cool idea that you could turn people, but like, the only real use for pod chaining that was okay, kind of, was doing some weird clears for the uh, GL Marlboro trial, the very yeah. first one. Yeah, but but other than that, really, like the the prize of of uh, the pod one hundred and fifty three was actually the physical mitigation because that yes. actually achieved some fights. Oh, I loved that. I I found myself using that way more than the chaining. I completely agree. Yeah, and personally, I, I yeah, like I almost never use the chains actually. Yeah, and personally, I used uh, Nainess himself as a breaker for a while. I tried, yeah, really but good. the fact that he went uh, attack, defense, and magic spirit and couldn't double cast even back then that was like a little janky. Okay, no, but the best thing, though, about his LB, because I've used him even when I didn't have enough to immediately fully max a character. Yeah. And the look of the minigame in the background changes depending on uh, his uh, awakening level. So if he's a four, five, or six star, the hacking minigame visuals get increasingly harder. No, it was, I mean, the animations of this game has always been great. But you know what? That hmm. actually is a wonderful segue because, hey, on the subject of 9S and all these other wonderful near characters, guess who just got a pile of upgrades? Everybody! Everybody! Well, yeah, Not everybody. really, I'm gonna say. <laughs> too yeah. few. Yeah, no, like, too few got upgraded, but everybody's here. It's uh, Gathering of Gacha's Ultimate. Oh, there my God. Go. I, I have my episode title. There it is. Well, um, I was really happy to see this, but then I was super sad because they didn't buff everyone. So I'm still secretly yeah. hoping we're getting a nice surprise tomorrow in the news. Yeah, same, same. But no, it was just these four characters. 
Yep. Which four characters? Adam Jensen, to uh, be Rena and Ellie. Ha, Rena, not Rena. It's supposed to be called Rena in most cases, but yeah. Rena was from the original. Some people, some of the characters called her Rena in the voice collections. I'm hmm, okay, okay. I'm I'm more keen to her calling her as Rena for yep. and... several reasons. Yeah, boy. it starts like you're really angry, and then it ends with a nah. And then, boy, howdy, did 2B get buffed. Oh, yeah. makes me so happy. Makes me so happy yeah. to see her be good again. Uh, well, there's she's one... not the best breaker yet, but 80% breaks uh, on turn one is very good. It is. It is super strong, especially for DV. But it's a bit sad. I, I'm going to say, like, when I saw that her LB was upgraded, I was hoping that it was going to be 80% breaks on her LB as well. Same. But unfortunately, it wasn't. So, unfortunately, you're going to look at 80% breaks at the start of the battle, and then you're going to roll back to 75. Yeah. Which is, I mean, you, it's not bad. But, but you don't have full up time on an 80% uh, break the way uh, uh, Riku would give them. Yeah. Vanille, yeah. That's a bit of a shame. But she still has this niche uh, that she is still a damage dealer slash breaker, whereas you can actually squeeze in quite a lot of damage in your team if you actually run two two Bs, that's a mouthful, as breaker damagers, and then you slot in a really powerful finisher as the unit that you're kind of, well, since you're compressing a slot, right? And that might actually give you a lot of damage, a lot more than if you just ran, let's say, two Odin Reagans or two Noels. Yep. Also um, of note, when she uh, came out uh, as a seven star, Stardust Way was completely useless. Now it's one of the major chain families. Yeah, all of a sudden True Charge Spear has become like way freaking better, though it is lightning element for her, so I'm not sure who she would partner with as a result. Yeah. Yeah, herself, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, isn't um, Kadash lightning? She still has uh, Yorha Slaughter Dance, uh, which is yeah. Graviton Cannon, which was which was also a very weird and kind of unfamiliar chain family. Yeah, the one that literally nobody uses, and it was overhyped because of Maria, who was like dead on arrival, so it was yeah, or she was never used. Ouch. Yeah. It hurts. Unfortunately, though, I'm gonna say unfortunately because Xenogears is still my favorite JRPG, so I, I'm still very sad that that game didn't get that well treated treated in FFB because it got crept so fast. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was paid to be good. I was always a Kitan fan, but I'm like even him, I just I couldn't bring myself to pull for. Wait a minute. You tried saying Satan, didn't you? Kitan. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say Satan. Yeah, I always said Satan in my mind, but I might be wrong. I used to call I mean, him Satan until I just call him Sitan for some particular reason. Mr. Uzuki. Yeah, Whatever, yeah. the Katana guy. I, I yes, don't know what yes, else you want me to say. Yeah. yeah, no, the thing is is that uh, he was pretty good in JP, but was completely overshadowed in GL because his banner came much later. Yeah. And then there was the Axta problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Axta was the troll banner uh, on his own banner. Mm-hmm. Gotta love that. Yeah, gotta love that. But also, it's same for Ellie. So Ellie was, in JP release, a very, very strong mage that was quite bursty and kind of held that throne at least for yep. a while. Her, but her problem in... was irregular chain. 
irregular chains for a Nemo wave, which is only fixed through her enhancements. And even yeah, after enhancements, yeah. it's still yeesh. And I mean, she also had this weird problem where she was like this pentacaster and mm -hmm. nobody could literally match her frames either. And her literal only use in GL was like demolishing the dark beasts and killing um, Golem on yeah. turn one or whatever. That was that was basically dark Golem. Yeah, she she was actually the unit I used for Dark Espers too. Yeah, same here. I mean, I had to use her for something, having pulled really really hard on the Synergears banner. Ah, but same. But Enhancement prepared her right this time. Yep. Her Enhancements is a monster. All of... Even Anima Wave and the other three elemental attacks becomes Chaos Wave Awaken frames. That's not the Self real treat, though. That's well, the prelude. Oh. The real treat is the LB. Yep. Exactly. It becomes a physical-type magic damage, which is also because... A Nemo wave and the other three elements that she has that has self physic self imbuse makes makes her LB do elemental damage. And that's amazing if you uh, for dark visions in particular mm. because uh, dark visions likes what finishers different elements that you can imbue uh, leisurely to have less changes in your team and Elise, both of those mean that she's pretty much the only character that can do that sort of support so consistently besides uh, the twins from the uh, Lunar New Year. Yeah, exactly. And what, one another big benefit to that is that it uses physical killers, which are a, lit, a little bit more abundant than magical killers. Yeah, the and... only exception at this point is pretty much demon killers because of Lunera. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and then another really, really good thing. So, so just looking at the numbers, so a decently geared Ellie bursts just as hard as a decently geared Dark Spirit Soul. And that, that's good. I mean, so it's, it's less than Fasalis because she is just insane. But it's still in one hit. So Dark Spirit Soul does this with four casts of a Chaos Wave Awakened Chain, right? Which but she does this in, But she's going to just do it in one hit. And you're never going to get four casts of Chaos Wave Awakens off on a boss fight. So this now turns her into an incredibly powerful mage for Dark Visions. But not just for Dark Visions, because you can also, like with some support, you can run a comp where you actually just, um, so you alternate, because she can fill her own LB gauge. So what you do is you just do Chaos Wave Awakens on the off turns, and then you have someone else chain for her, and then you cap two Ellie's into a chain on the yeah. LB turns, and you get a lot of damage, actually. Massive damage. Yeah, very good. So for a free unit, I mean, literally, because, well, okay, not literally, because you can't buy her prism, but you can still get her as a free unit and get, get lucky on the banner, she does a lot of damage. Although, again, f like looking at a Fissilis, she still does like maybe 70% more damage than her, though. So, yeah. Although Fissilis uh, is still a bit weird. Shall we talk briefly about the banners themselves because before returning to the two other characters? Sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, so uh, the way this works is that uh, a lot of collaborations banners have returned, and you basically have uh, 
two main options. So either you have the banner with the step up with the possibility to get any of uh, those units and no of banner, or you have the possibility to go on specific banners for specific games and to say I want to put a Xenogi, I want to pull a Xenogi's unit uh, with chance for off banner units this time. But the chance is still very respectable because we have a 10% rainbow base, right? Yeah, on but unfortunately, base. it's not the on-banner rate that's better, it's the off-banner rate, which in some cases might be what you want. So yeah. dumping tickets or lapis into the uh, into the banners can net you a lot of off-banner rainbows because I think on-banner exactly. rate is 2.5, right? Or something like that. Uh, it's 3%. 3%, 3%, right? So yeah. a little bit better than normal, but not uh, really something to wait home about. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, still, though, the 10% rate uh, is very good. Like, I haven't done the 250 pool yet for today, but the other three I've done ever since the banners have appeared have all yielded rainbows to me. Oh. Wow. Wow. That is some serious luck. That is. Good job. Actually, I'm going to pull for the fourth <clears throat> right now while we're discussing other stuff. I'm actually summoning on the Just Cause 3 banner for lols. Oh. <laughs> My biggest problem with the kind of daily pull is that it's such a mixed bag. Like, there are so many rainbows in the well, pool. Well, there's a blue. Oh, yeah. And then it turned well, into a gold. Wait for well, it. Three of them have been Valkyrie profile characters for me. Wait for nice. it. Wait, you got another rainbow. Okay, it's a rainbow. I haven't touched Uh-oh. it yet. Oh, Lord. See, pull on the 250. Yeah, I have already, but I haven't gotten anything, unfortunately. Oh, I did get a... Boy. How we go is oh boy. Number 10. Mm-hmm. It's a number oh. 10 Esther. Yikes. Oh. Yikes. Wow. Terrible unit, both on release and after enhancements. For Esther, rest in peace. This is like the second in a row Esther that I found after getting the eighth that gave me a non-unique STMR. Same with Sephiroth. Yeah, but you know what? Look at it this way. If there is a single GL unit that might get... or, or Okay, if there are two GL units that might get NV crystals in the future or might be NV version upgraded. I don't know what you say. I'm definitely it's, keeping those esters because... Yeah, it's either Fryevia, I'm going to say, or Esther. Yeah, those it's seem to be like... God, yeah. I liked Esther so much when she came out. I was so happy she existed and she got crept like immediately when Elena happened. Yep. It does happen. But I'm going to say she still, got crept immediately as Xeno that's Esther. Oh, right. Xeno was a thing. I, I refuse to pull on him for reasons I won't bother talking about here. Yeah, because that was also that was one very crazy period in the game, I'm going to say. Really I also pulled was. really hard both Esther and Xeno. And, like, yes, the banners came literally after one another. But um, the thing was, after I pulled for Xeno, I, I felt a bit empty on the inside because I felt that Axtar <laughs> was a fantastically designed character, had a great CG... So I actually used Axtar for quite a while after Xeno's release, despite having Xeno. You know, I've, I've always been a proponent of use who makes you smile because the game isn't necessarily rough enough that you need the toppest of the meta to progress. So Yeah, no, God, no. It, it's so, like, it, it's a cakewalk. Yeah, it's, it's just, you have a happy. decent damage dealer. 
especially now that we have a free tank and the next free unit is going to be a breaker. So full free units parties are becoming are becoming more and more legit. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, like I made I a point never ever to use Yo because I didn't like the guy and I wanted to prove I could do it without him, and I sure did. Yeah. Like right now, the only one we're, mi we're really missing is physical tank. Yeah. All the others can be fulfilled by free units. It's great. Well, I mean, but but on the other hand, physical tanks nowadays, if you can gear for evasion, doesn't really matter what kind exactly. of tank you have. Queen, I can be your physical tank. Yes. <laughs> Which is both sad, but Ack. also... I mean, it's also fun. It's fun when you get to these interesting team comps, you know, yeah. like gearing your Serena to be your um, physical tank. Exactly. And then you kind of get, can do these weird compressions and it can be pretty cool. But it's also yeah. a bit sad that actual physical tanks don't have a real... Like, don't have the value they should have. Yeah. I was finally able to redeem myself two years later. I, I redeem yourself? During, yep, because remember during Star Ocean Anamnesis, I went hard on Rena, and I got seven rainbows total. All of them are off banners. Oof. That but sounds like when I pulled for um, I Regina. I pulled one ticket yeah. on the Star Ocean Anamnesis banner. And it turned also a uh, turned also a blue blue gold rainbow, and finally Rena appeared. There Congratulations! You go. So let's talk about Rena since I pulled that two one zero. Rena was one of my favorite healer support units for a very long time, and I kept using her long after her supposed sell by date because she was just that helpful. Yeah, she was actually overlooked, like, or I'm not going to say overlooked, but but she wasn't hyped enough, I'm going to say. She was actually yeah. really good at release as well. She was fantastic. I really, really appreciated her as a unit. I like her. I like her so bad during the day, and I, play, I played Star Ocean 2 ever since 2002. But now, she's a monster. Yay! A literal monster. I mean, she was already good, but now she's like, literally, you take Luna Freya, and then you give her Lena's kit, and bam, you have Rena. Okay, you cannot sell me on her, since I've, I'm really liking these two units, as it turns out. <laughs> yeah, and now you can have two units in one, so it's a great deal. You have fantastic magic mitigation, you have the Imbue Imperil that's so great for OTKs and, you know, like, saving turns. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> undispellable uh, full party buff and undispellable really strong full party buffs a really broken strong LB regen as well that can kind of like you just don't have to heal when that is up on, on many fights yeah so all in all like she has it all and she also has no she actually has no gaps in her kit which is a bit frustrating like <coughs> looking at it from yeah, a design perspective up, uh, creativity and sometimes force you into these weird party compositions. Yeah, because, like, if, you, if you're going to say one flaw about this unit, one single flaw, it's literally, oh, she only has 30% general mitigation. Because if she had 50%, like, you're going to... That's gonna overkill. That's yeah, that would overkill. be so broken strong. So it's, yeah, yeah. She, she's actually really good. I'm actually struggling with this moral dilemma. So I shared this in the Discord chat the other day, mm -hmm. and I got yell that so i'm just gonna oh. try it out on you guys see if you're gonna yell at me okay okay mm -hmm. Go so, ahead. 
so I had a couple of tickets and I went in on the Rena banner because I was okay. like, I, I mean, I could get a Rena by using an um, uh, by buying her prism in the store, right, and getting the guaranteed free one, right. But yeah. I was like, hey, if, if I get one on banner, maybe I can do something with it. So I went okay. in on banner, six tickets, gave me a Rena. There you go. All right. Okay, so here's the dilemma. So now, of course, obviously there is a prism in the store, but yes. I don't have enough trust coins. Okay, so I have two options. I can one, use the free ticket to get the second Rena, and I'm a happy camper. I have two Renas. I am now a seven star Rena, fantastic healer. Okay. Uh -huh. But the second option is, you know, sell off some units and primarily, unfortunately, five star units to get that 5K to get my Rena Prism, and then I can use my ticket, the free ticket, to get another collab unit that I could use, for instance, an Omni Prism for, if they get further enhanced next week. Well, so I got yelled at for just suggesting selling five-star units. How, how do you guys feel about that? I'm not going to yell at you, but I always have a problem with that unless you have like way too many dupes for your own good, just because... Um, with all the upgrades that just happen randomly, especially in global, mm -hmm. I, I just, I just don't like the idea of getting rid of a potential tool in the toolbox. When... Yeah, well, that, that's kind of my point because I never yeah. wanted, like, I, I didn't want to get rid of anything I couldn't spare. Like, I only would get rid of stuff that I would have a dupe, a seven star dupe of. So, like, never kill a seven star. Um, potential, right? Yeah, if you have but like for instance, yeah. you it's more like selling off your tenth Esther, for instance. Exactly. Like so, for instance, I I have ten Malfazies. So selling off oh, one goodness. Malfazy that has an STMR and TMR, like even if she gets an NV, that's yeah. just one unit yeah, that that's, I am losing yeah. out. Best I, argument against it, uh, the new visions. Yeah, at that point, I I can't really argue if you have two of the same. Two of the same unit that doesn't like you've already gotten their STMR, unless you want to do some weird chain with themselves strat, which I don't think is really necessary. Yeah, no, I I, I think that's a reasonable option. Okay, that's no, a resource no. you can expend. Here's the tech. Here's the tech. You only sell off units which you wouldn't use even if they had a good new vision version because you hate them so much. Like, <laughs> I would sell off my aces, no problem. And I have 10 of them. It is literally the unit I have the most of. Oh yeah, no, I would have no problem selling ace. Easily my least favorite character in Type-0, and I actually liked Type-0. I can only imagine which you're going through, Rana. M my, yeah. my frustration for 5-star bases is Dark Knight Cecil and Delita. Oh, oh, well, I have Dark Knight Lunith in uh, 8 or 9. I don't I don't mind Dark Knight Lunith. It's just that Dark Knight Cecil was the most number of troll in my 5-star EX tickets, and now in the 60... No. The King Mog special guarantee tickets. Delita, on the yeah. other hand, is just a thorn on my side. I don't even uh, mind... Man, I'm going to say... I have a soft spot for Delita, not gonna lie. I, I accidentally got him off banner back in the days just as he got his enhancements. Like it was literally like the day before or day after, I don't remember, but it was just as he got his enhancements. And I used him for so much content. So I much content. First night Delita, like. Oh, I'm not talking about night Delita. I'm talking about yeah, no, Delita. But. Uh... I only have one Delita, and I have only one Night Delita, which I pulled only a mere week ago of a EX ticket. 
Well, you know what? Good for you, because they're not really great <laughs> right now. Yeah, oh, no, boy. it's fine. So, let's move on to the two uh, modern games units. Uh, I think Adam Jensen is probably the least impressive unit of the lot. He does have his niche with like double Mirage, double stack Mirage, and doing some decent damage, so it's not too bad. Yeah, and there's the other niche, which is the 50 times 25 OEL way uh, chaining on turn one. Yeah, which like you also have Roberta. If you also have Roberta, that's actually a decent combination for both getting the chain cap and doing decent damage. Exactly, which is pretty good for Dark Visions, even though the turn count is going to matter less, at least for the next one. Uh, but other than that, uh, yeah, he has a fixed chains now. He's a Stardust Way Chainer instead of a mostly weird non-standard chains with a tornado physical stuck in there, so... He's usable, but not the real highlight of the banner. And then we have Wico Rodriguez, which finally has his seven star. Took long enough. Two years I pulled, I pulled two of him on his original releases. Same. I've had my Wico seven star ready for years. I'm not gonna lie, I didn't think they were gonna deliver on this promise. I wouldn't have let them forget it. Even though I mostly pulled Rico because of the he's a TMR, because I didn't have any single uh, of uh, any single Noctis. I so actually pulled was... him because I like Just Cause. <laughs> I tried you know what? for him, but no rainbows. Yeah. That's just um... my problem. Yeah, that would be an issue. Uh, but yeah, he has he gains uh, some bolting strike chains. Cool. Uh, yeah, uh, he gains uh, a Magnus ability, uh, which originally was uh, in the data mine better than what it is now, though it's still pretty decent now. Uh, it's a free bolting strike, free bolting strike in a trench coat with a forty times modifier for each. It cool. used to be 69 times 25. No, that's not a joke. Hmm. Uh, yeah, actually, it that. says 40 on this, not 30. So did they change that? Yeah, no. Uh, no, I mispronounced that. Got it. There's a big difference between 40 and 30. Yes. <laughs> and then he, has, he gains the ability, as in the game, to uh, have uh, supply drops crash down, uh, which he translates by uh, either... Fuel Bowels, which is a fire elemental attack, uh, Storm Water Patrol Boat, which is a water elemental attack, or Storm Chaser, which is an earth elemental attack, each with a 120% corresponding break. The fire one is Bolting Strike, the other two are Avalanche Kick. Yeah, which <laughs> chains with Emperor and Wonder Twins the second. And that's it. That is weird. Wait, that is with weird. Emperor. And Emperor, it gives the wrong chain. Emperor Fu, uh, excuse me, not, not, not Emperor Mateus. Yeah, Emperor okay. Fu. And Emperor Fu can only use that as a fire chain, and not the other two elements. So... Weird is what we're saying here. That's just weird. Yes, very much so. And his LB grants that too, so 
you can have your LB with a punch or with a cooldown. The choice is yours. But yeah, he's a... Uh, he basically has his Magnus, and that's it. Granted, he does a lot of damage. Like, he's slightly above War Hero Reagan. They're, they're literally, like... Yeah, they're literally, like, matched. If you have decent gear, they're matched. Um, and, and you have, like, external imperils and stuff. Although, both of them have strong imperils already. Um, but... Yeah. But he does, like the thing to mention about him though is his burst. So he bursts again, just like Reagan bursts really hard. He actually almost bursts as hard as Sid, which which still says a lot because Sid still bursts hard. What do we think about his best partner for bolting strike chains, though? I mean, that's because, kind of the problem, because Bolting Strike was humongous, like, a couple, like, a, a year yeah. or so ago, and then yeah, fell off. Then, exactly, and Esther fell off, and Malfazi uh, is uh, usable, but more for her utility. Uh, um, Does anyone yeah. even look sideways at Elena anymore? Well, Not, I mean, yeah, I sure. Mean, for her mm. triple cast, we'll wait on one, yeah? It decides that. I mean, there's Roberta, I guess. Roberta is yeah, probably the best. I think Roberta, Roberta is probably the best. Yeah. Or Carton. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Unfortunately, but that's what it is. But the thing is, like, everything. And you're probably not going to be using Roberta anyway, isn't he? He's a triple caster, right, Rico? Uh, he is, yes. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So, like, he's not going to match pretty well. Like, unless you're chaining him with, like, Esther, God forbid, uh, he's not going to be having that many non-do partners, unfortunately. Yeah, so the problem with Rico is that he is... He is single-mindedly usable on his own, but doesn't really have any friend. Although again, he does a lot of damage. But I mean, yeah. if I if if I got to choose between Rico and Odin Reagan, I would definitely go for Odin Reagan just for the partners, making yeah. it like a lot easier to to do trials and find non Odin Reagan friends. Because I am kind of suspecting you're not going to see a lot of Ricos in friends list. Yeah, true. Mm-hmm. Or I don't know, maybe a lot of people take him as their free. I animal. haven't seen any. I don't think I've seen any either, actually. I only see like four people. Uh, shall we move on to Dark Vision Stalk? Let's mm-hmm. go ahead and do it. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of one of the main reasons, Barros, we invited you to join us for this. I would love to hear what you have to say about your experience in it since you, you know, kicked the crud so, out of the rest of your... Uh... So, <laughs> yeah, so first to set up the scenery, what was your final rank on the second Dark Visions? Because I was around 6,500. Uh, I can actually check. Uh, I don't remember exactly what it was, but let me check. It shouldn't take too long, right? It should oh, be right. right here somewhere. Um, so my final rank, I'm still above 500. So I'm 560 right now. But I do think there's 40 or 60 cheaters above me. So hopefully I'm going to be sub 500 when they tally the score. Good luck. Yeah, there was still a cheater problem this time, huh? I'm shocked. Yeah, I guess, like, cheaters were smarter this time because not that many submitted perfect scores because, obviously, it was borderline impossible. If, I oh, don't even yeah, no, some of the final bosses were way too tanky. 
Yeah, but um, but there are like I mean, it's also hard to detect a cheater if they actually submit scores that sound reasonable. So yeah. let's let's see. I mean, the, the difference between five hundred or sub five hundred and above five hundred is not huge. It's it's just a couple of more of the um, mats for the weapon. So. Yeah, but it's uh, for the honor of it, sort of. Yeah, exactly. I would like to get beyond five or uh, sub five hundred again. I think first DV I was uh, sub three hundred, uh, so it would be nice. Indeed. So tell us your secrets. What is the recipe for a perfect score? Oof. Well, you're not gonna like what you're gonna hear. So. Oh dear. Uh, <laughs> well, oh the dear recipe. I, I have. Uh, Triple cast Ogle Wayne chained uh, a lot, uh, and I didn't like that already. So I'm already ready to face things I dislike. Yeah, well, so the thing is, unfortunately, thanks to Zon, Mastermind Zon, DV is kind of single minded in the way that if you don't have Mastermind Zon, you're gonna have a very bad time, especially in the later stages, because Mastermind Zon's ability to copy k- killer buffs is really his biggest use like yeah it's pretty cool he can also spread in imbues that's cool but yeah. the thing is you, you can you slot in an octus or you slot in a regina all of a sudden you're giving 200 percent or 150 percent killer buffs to your entire team and if you just assume your team already has 300 percent killer buffs that's still a considerable increase in damage like incredibly strong increase in damage yeah, I ended up uh, USC in Mastermind Zone. I only had one of him, and I didn't regret spending these eight tickets. No, that's that's definitely worth it, because even if you're doing it casually, just having a Mastermind Zone can let you blaze through it. Because DV takes a lot of time, especially if you're optimizing your yes. builds. Like I, I'm, So I'm not like some of the other hosts at the other podcast. They're very um, math intensive. So they do these spreadsheets and calculate everything out. I'm a stupid person, so I can't do that. What I do instead is I do a lot of runs. And I compare my damage between the different runs and do some of my own thinking. So DV eats a lot of time for me. But if you're doing okay. it casually, even then, Zon is absolutely fantastic. Like If you compare him with a Regina and or a Noctis, preferably both, like for different fights if you have them. Of course, because they have just, different killers. But then you're just good to go. Yeah. Although, not to understate also, there are so many units that actually have active killer buffs, usually yeah, for just no. themselves. Yeah, and that's a bit the other side of the double-edged sword, because Mastermind can uniformize some trials, but... If I didn't have him, I wouldn't have used CG Jake, for instance, which that I used for the Stone Killer on the second stage, along with as my uh, uh, for uh, Wind uh, Preventive Attack stage, I believe I had to use Quina. Yeah, I mean, so the thing is, the damage loss is not that huge without Zone. I mean, it, it is significant, but it's not immense because usually the unit you bring for killers is not used for doing damage that turn yeah unless you do like okay so there are exceptions like noctis and regina actually can't do damage as they buff so that makes them a very strong combination on the physical stages um but in general you're kind of like so so as you said like you're bringing jake right for the killers yeah, thing is, if you so you don't use Zon, then you have two slots you can actually fill with real damage dealers. So damage loss is not huge when you remove both of them, kind of. 
But but for the physical stages, yeah, you absolutely want Zon and you want Regina and Noctis to do competitive damage. Yeah. It's but funny for... that Regina, which came out so long ago, is still very relevant today and never yeah. really fell out of favor because how she is unique as in her role as a solid finisher with lots of self adjustment that can then be spread to the party. Yeah, and I mean, e- even even before Zon was a thing, Regina was like Regina was always top tier. She was always I, she could always take out. Trials. I was still using her before an, her enhancements. Yeah, me too. Me too. Like yeah. that's Regina and, and Noctis were the two units that really got me hooked on that type of unit design. So, oh yeah, I'm, the mages are more boring for some reason. Probably yeah, yeah I, I actually. I didn't get any of the mages though. I'm so sad for that because I actually wanted a Delta Star Sakura, but I just mm. didn't have the resources to go after her. So, yeah, fair. But I have that, that's the second. No Noctis. Oh, too bad. Too bad. Yeah. Well, Noctis. I mean, he like they're a perfect pair since they can cover many different killers though. And yeah, the, the much thing all about besides like bug. Yeah. Yeah. Although Noctis nowadays does do very little damage, like comparatively, mm-hmm. you're, you're not really like if you're bringing Noctis for the killers, it's not much better than using Jake. I mean, it's so, better, but not much. So does that mean that I should trash my old my Wahigo wagon and all sorts of units because all you need in life is love, chain, and Regina? Yes. Absolutely. Like I, I've been oh, praising, okay, I've been man. praising finishers, especially Regina and Noctis, for so long. I like, you know what? Chainers can go die in a fire. Okay, <laughs> but what if there's more than one enemy? Yeah, well, you know what? That's actually normally you actually just kill one of them with one of your units because they're usually weak enough to be destroyed with one of your units, and then you can just focus all your burst on the other one. Unless you have really, really strong AOE chainers, and then you can combine and do damage to both. I but, have really, really strong AOE Chaos Wave Awakened chainers. Ah, yeah, well, see, in itself. Unfortunately, that's still that problem where when you do that, you're not getting all your casts out. And so let me just explain how bad Chaos Wave Awakens chains or like any AOE chains are in DV with an example. So tell us everything, Bowers. So the first DV. I had I had uh, Dark Spirit Soul, who is who who at that point was the hardest mage burster in the game. Uh, and wasn't Bahamut Fina a little bit higher? No, she she's higher on overall damage, but he actually bursts just slightly ha- higher oh. than her. When uh, yeah yeah, he's like um, he bursts for I mean it's 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 just I don't know Pennies. five five to ten percent or something like that okay. harder than her. So, so it's not it's not huge, um, but but it's still there. And I had him, and yeah. in the end, the way I got the highest scores on all my DV stages was by using Elena and Aurora Freyvia. Oh wow! Yeah, and, and you have to realize that of course Elena and Aurora Freyvia they are hybrids, so they do half the damage to yeah. this boss. But what do they do? Well, they actually get to finish their chains, and that's the thing. So. Having the highest, like having the strongest mage at that point in game, did nothing for me. Well, other than yeah, he was actually nice for imperils. But uh, yeah. aside from that, because c- again, yeah, so he does his sixty-eight billion burst, right? Yeah, yeah, but you divide that by four because that's what you're actually gonna get 
in the in the trial. When you divide it by four, you realize, oh wow, Elena bursts harder. So yeah, something to consider. So unfortunately, majors are are or our standard majors are very bad, which is why I was so excited when Ellie got like, shafted in FFBE. No way! Yeah. <laughs> it's so sad, so sad. I mean, yeah, I know. It's, I mean, it's... you're talking to someone that has uh, pretty much all of the mages besides Fizzleist these days. Uh, I have Dagfina, I have uh, CG Dagfina, that is. I have uh, Shantoto to STMR levels. I have uh, Bahamut Fina, and uh, I use them because it's fun, but not because yeah, I mean, it's good. I mean, to be honest, like they are still fantastic for trials. Yeah. Like you're definitely not suffering to do any difficult content in the game. It's just that if you want to cap DV damage or you want to do as many points as possible on the magic stages, they won't do much. Because right now, like the top top unit has been the Shuwen, the uh, Lunar New Year Spirit Chainer, because yeah. of his ability to be imbued or their ability to be imbued and use basically physical. the reasons that make uh, Rina good now. Yeah. But that's why I, I remember when I saw Ellie's um, preview in, in the news, when I yeah. saw that she had imbues on her Chaos Wave skills, I knew what was going to happen. And I was so happy. I was dancing because Mage yeah. stages really, like, I, I, I get fantastic scores on all physical stages. I have really strong physical units. So if I just had slightly better magic units, I would have a lot better score. But unfortunately... Yeah. Maybe next ED. So now that I have Ellie, let's see how it goes. Because Ellie actually bursts really, really hard. So I can't wait to take her for a spin. And I, I absolutely adore Ellie. I was going to say. Do you have Ellie's LB max leveled? Yeah, of course. All right. I mean, you have Ellie to is one of those units that I adore, you know? Well, like she was my first video game crush. So I made sure to max her out as soon as I got her. I respect I, it. Yep. I, I did got Ellie last year. Luckily, it was two copies, so it's a good time for redemption. Yeah, we yeah. haven't got any of them. And uh, do you think it's a problem that right now the two best units for mage stages, which is the twins and Ellie, are both time limited units? Well, absolutely. I think it's yeah. I think it's incredibly unfair, actually, because mm -hmm. right now those units break the game, but there is salvation. So fairly soon, yeah. we're going to get the new Type Zero banner on which both Rem and Ace have the exact same mechanic, where yeah. they do magic or physical damage with the magic stat, meaning that they actually use physical killers. They can be imbued, but they still hit towards spirit and use their magic stat for damage. So it's it's just the best of both worlds. Turns out one of the ways to fix mages was to make them physical attackers with magic damage. But it's such a shame because all I know do right? is just fix that AOH, AOE chains don't break when the exactly. unit is dead. That's you don't it. even need to give them crazy modifiers the way CG Kuja is right now in JP, apparently. Yeah, exactly. That's like you, you don't have, I mean, even after CG Kuja, I'm, I'm still thinking that Ace is probably the MVP of DV even in JP because due to yeah. the whole physical mechanic. Exactly. Although, I mean, I'm going to say, I'm going to say there is a tight, slight problem with the physical chainers though, because so oh. on the magic stage, you're going to be using, you're going to be using someone to chain for you, right? 
And yeah. those units might be magic based, un unless you're just using pure hybrids, right? So yeah. the problem I mean, is if you're using Aura Five Gaia and Elena. Yeah, so, so then it's fine because then you just spread physical killers all over your party. Yeah. But if you're using, let's say, I don't know, your your Fasalis, right? To to chain okay. then she won't get the killers unless you you're you're buffing with a unit that does killers to both, which is fairly rare. Yeah. I think one of the things that I've learned only halfway through uh, my progression, but that was uh, pretty useful as I was getting more acquainted to Masterman Zone, is that a lot of time, a turn 2 kill is way more important than a turn 1 kill that would do less damage. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Because DV is all about compression. It's all about compressing all the puzzle pieces you need for the trial into the these six units you're bringing. Exactly, and, and sometimes what you compress isn't number of turns, it's amount of damage in a single turn. Absolutely. Just look at, so let's just use Zon as an example, but there are many other units like him. So one thing that Zon can do is he can both, he, he can break and he can chain, right? Yeah. But, uh, and unfortunately Zon is now OP because he can actually do both on the same turn. But let's say you couldn't. <laughs> well, actually he can't because it, it's going to still be going to be hard hitting that 100 chain count if you're going to break and chain on the same turn with him. Yeah. But the thing is, like, you, you can you can skip a breaker if you just let Zon break and then chain on the turn after. Same with, like, Locke and same with other chainers that can kind of help you get up there. Exactly. And, and it's usually much more useful to do that rather than chasing the turn one kill. Also, yeah, another thing you have to... Uh, uh, the main difference is that if you lose a fair amount of damage, you can lose 10,000, 20, uh, not 20,000, but like 15,000 points easily. If exactly. you lose a turn, you lose 1,000 points and that's it. Yeah, yeah. And then the same goes for like breaks. So you shouldn't be yeah. chasing your highest breaks. You should be chasing the breaks that fit the best in your comp. If, that, if that's 60 breaks, they might actually result in higher damage because you might be slotting away an actual breaker and doing significant yeah. damage on turn two instead. Because, for instance, you're using your Wahiwa Wagon's breaks instead of having to uh, move uh, out an actual damage sealers to use your Edgar. Yeah, and, and I'm going to say, so I'm not going to be as depressing and say you have to have Masterminds on because you really don't. One thing you yeah. need to do, though, is use the builder a lot. Like, it has this way of finding units for you. You can go like, hey, I need a unit that can break and buff wind resistance and imperil earth. And you know what? Weird thing is, there are units like that in FFB. Like, somewhere, yeah. there is a unit that can do these combinations. And... Like I've discovered so many weird units in my DV runs. Yeah, I've been using Venera. Exactly. That's how I came to actually use Queen A in my teams. Yeah. So so that's definitely a tip. Like you can go very, very far by just greedily looking at the builder. Like just assume yeah. that what you're looking for exists. Like, oh, I need a a chainer that can do a fire imperil, fire imbue, and breaks. Oh yeah, there is AK Rain. So yeah, it's like you just find AK Rain, and AK Rain actually can do Earth and Peril, Earth Imbue, and really strong breaks on turn one. Yeah, he's fiery, but turns out he has Earth in his back pocket. Yeah, so it's 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 like, j just be selfish, you know. Assume that the thing you're looking for is there, and you might get lucky. 
Yeah, I mean, overall, it's fair to assume that uh, uh, Dark Visions, in a lot of ways, is a celebration of your back catalogue of weird units with that one niche that never comes up. Yeah, I, I, I can say... Because I mean, 15 trials in a single week, they have the ability to cram that in. Yeah. I mean, they are also blatantly, obviously made to kind of make you regret you didn't pull on the latest banners, though, because the elements oh, match, yeah. the killers match. But if you look beyond that, like if you try to look beyond that, they're actually trying to psychologically condition you to pull for yeah. units. By the way, did you actually manage to pull Evania? No, no, um, I didn't. I spent so many pulls on her; it's ridiculous. Ouch. So, so I, I, so I was happy with two B enhancements because now I actually have a turn one eighty percent breaker instead. So, yeah, yeah, karma. Pretty much. So yeah, that's. I mean, like, I actually like TV. I, I just yeah. don't like that it takes so so long. But otherwise, I really like the content it's been bringing us. Yeah. And one of the things that's notable, I believe, is uh, the ability to uh, save and load loadouts. Uh, Oof, yeah, which, please. Which was added uh, last week, and not on the next DB, but right now. As far as I'm concerned, that and the other addition they've made regarding the changes in uh, re requirements for the score... Uh, are probably changes that, uh, and that may be a pure tinfoil hat things, but it may be that uh, they were planned to be implemented for this DV, but that was delayed because of the pandemic. Mm, yeah, probably. I mean, why else would they implement these changes now and not next DV? It's a shame, though, because I actually yeah. think that the turn change is gonna so so it, it does lower the skill cap a bit like you as a player yeah. you don't have to be as good at trying to figure out the optimal in your yeah but it makes it so it takes a lot less time because you can now just like aim for turn three you can just bring your strongest finishers you can spend two turns just setting up buffing imbuing imperiling. I mean for turn three I use Edel I'm aiming for turn twelve. <laughs> yeah, that's well. There is a drawback to that, and that's that most bosses do have some weird or weird. They have some strong damaging mechanics past turn three. They do like imperils or uh, unavoidable damage. So you're probably going to aim for turn three anyway. Okay, so you incentivize to still uh, hurry up. Yeah, kind of, but. If you like, there are encounters where you can null all damage through like evasion and resistances, and then you can literally go to turn 100 if you want, like, no yeah. problems. I was so mad about the last boss, though, because I took my time. All I wanted was the clear stage score of uh, 10,000 points against uh, Dark Tetra Selfie. Dark, uh, mm hmm. Uh, and I use Edel as one of my damage dealers. And I cleared it in 11 turn, which is one turn before her biggest burst, while still giving me zero points for amount of turn cleared. Yeah. That's, that's... the perfect Goldilocks zone of frustration. <laughs> yeah. And I think Goldilocks zone of frustration is a great nickname for DV. 
<laughs> it is it is actually and and i i just hope they do like these quality of life changes i'm really looking forward to them because yeah i just look forward to spending less time with the yes yes less or you know less time. time on the boring stuff like it's yeah, not exactly. fun reloading my team again or you know setting up my team again for this trial then oh, I just... reloading the fight because your AR chain broke for the 500th time. Yeah, that's if a part of it. If you're doing it manually. Yeah. But yeah, any last word on Dark Visions? Well, I mean, I'm going to say it like this. I think Dark Visions should be enjoyed because it actually is very fun content because just like you said, it brings out these old units in your roster that you haven't been used and all of a sudden found a use for. But you just have to condition yourself to not aim for the highest score because the highest score is very much forcibly reserved for pulling the latest units. Like, it's that's what it's designed for. So just yeah, out of mind and enjoy the event instead because it's a very enjoyable event. Oh, yeah. When things click, they feel good. Yes, yes. And when you manage to use... Uh, Optimally, a unit you haven't used ever since it came out. Uh, you feel smart, and I like feeling smart. Yeah, and and it's also fun. Like I mean, it kind of redeems pulling this terrible, terrible unit that you all of a sudden actually have a use for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I didn't had much attention on the second Dark Visions because I lack a lot. I mean, three out of four elements I don't have. But after this, maybe on the third season of Dark Visions, maybe I'll try to find a way to redeem myself. And, yep, exactly, Barris. I agree. Dark Visions should be, should be enjoyable. And, well, not, not for saying this for anything that's really good, but even the, the battle music's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And with, you know, with some quality of life, it's actually going to be a very cool event. Well, I'm very much looking forward to that. Very curious about the next Dark Visions, both because of this quality yeah, of life events and because that should situate it right around anniversary time. Mm. Mm, yeah. Let's see what happens around anniversary. I have my own yeah. weird prediction for anniversary, not going to lie. Oh, do share. Yeah, let's hear well, this. <laughs> yeah, I, I've been. Come on, let's get a little crazy. People have laughed at me for this, but but I am I'm kind of have this. There is this small chance that everything Gumi has done so far by like hurrying up banners and forcing stuff out faster, skipping banners, yeah. is that they're trying to get NV out as fast as possible in GL because that's literally going to be a huge spike in their income. Yeah, uh, for like quarterly reports and so on. So I'm, I'm, I have this prediction that I actually think that they're going to do some type of GL NV at anniversary. Like NV is going to start at anniversary already. And maybe with the um, unit design or the design units, design contest units. So I don't know. Let, let's hmm. see. I, I, I'm hoping for it because I actually think NV is a pretty cool idea. So let's yeah, see. I really like what I've seen of NV as well. Yeah, Honestly, I... Wouldn't necessarily count on that, but there's veteran believing that they would, for instance, uh, say they release the uh, design contest units, and in say September when uh, Envy releases or something somewhere on those uh, parts, 
boom, immediately the five uh, design units uh, have immediate envy. Mm, that could be it too. But I just, I, I just, I don't know. I have this thing in my heart. I, I have know, this like, feeling that it's going to be envy. I know there was something global exclusive that was necessarily going to come at some point. It built up with the Omniprism packs and everything. And now we have uh, this collaboration event, which is pretty big in itself. But... Yeah, and that's also something that people are theorizing that we got this event also primarily because they want us to waste our Omniprisms. So let's yeah. see. Yeah, that's, uh, that sounds sound. This uh, collaboration event with these uh, 10% uh, rates feels like the perfect trap banner. Yes, absolutely. It, it feels like you should spend all your resources because you're going to get a lot of off banners and enjoy, you know? At and the very boom. least, do what I did. <laughs> do not spend any four-star base tickets because those only give you the same 2% increase in rainbow rates that you get for any other, uh, for spending four-star base tickets anywhere else. Yeah. Ish. But so, yeah, so the future is exciting. Well, it is. if you believe MV is coming for anniversary, then yes. <laughs> well, it's still the future is exciting. It's just when that future is going to hit is the real question. That's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> also, I'm, I am very excited at the idea that since we don't have any season three related units besides Blue Mage Fina herself, maybe they will pretend season three story doesn't even exist. Oh, I hope so. I, I am oh. pretending that every day. Yeah. And then give Puppy's Kid to an unrelated global original. Yeah, or... No. Yeah, yeah. There we go. We've cracked the code. Pack it up, everyone. <laughs> no! Don't do this to me, Rana. Don't do this to me. Uh, now, season three being bad aside, uh, in any case, thank you very much, uh, Barrows from Us. Oh, thank you for having me. It was a lot of fun talking to you guys. Okay, now let's move on quickly to our uh, final topic of the day. We have other games that we'll cover next episode. Uh, but right now, let's not uh, brutalize uh, our listeners and our guests for over two hours. I would appreciate that. <laughs> As many of us would know that. Never mind the editor who's still here. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, it sounds like uh, editing uh, the longer episode uh, is a high difficulty, text sensitive task. Uh, just like many of the trials in uh, some <laughs> of the games we play are. I am very proud of this transition. Very good. Well done. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, we talked at length about Dark Visions, which is this highly challenging temporary event. Uh, Arknights is currently having uh, a very challenging temporary event called uh, Contingency Contract, which actually has a different MIDI-like level to it every day. Ooh. And in War of the Visions, there's the Wade, which has an increased amount of difficulty, which can reach some pretty crazy amount of HPs on a bus. So and I, here in Dissidia too, we have Lafenia difficulties, which is a monster in in terms of trying to spike out damage before the time runs out or something. Right. So, so I guess like if you're into difficult challenges, it's good yeah. to be a gacha gamer. Pretty much. 
Um, so I guess that's the question of how do we feel about these, like, high-end temporary, uh, temporary battles or temporary, uh, content? I think one of the main factors for me, if they're temporary, is, uh, the type of difficulty. Like, if it's a unique fight, uh, with interesting mechanics like, uh, Azura Tear, uh, and uh, it disappears uh, after two weeks. That's frustrating to not be able to uh, refight and relive that fight. Yeah, yep. I agree with that. But and even if it returns at this point, the fight is power crept. Uh, here's my thought on it, and see if y'all agree. Um, one of the tricks with gotcha games, especially gotcha game fans, is they seem a lot of them loudly complain that if they can't get everything it's problematic. Like, they, they hate it if something is too hard for them. But I almost feel like if something is very hard, it gives them something to strive for that isn't necessarily just... that isn't necessarily just having top-tier units. Like, in Arcanites, having top-tier units is by no guarantee of success. You will absolutely lose if you just focus on one guy like Silver Ash and ignore everybody else. So having Although content Silver like... Silver Ash is pretty strong. He is pretty strong, I'm not gonna lie, but he he can't solo most stages, no, let's be honest. I here. like that, I, and, and I really like that about Arknights in that sense. Like, Arknights is a game that really requires a lot more strategy than many yes. other gotchas out there. Yes, in fact, while this podcast was going on, uh, the recent update actually uh, changed some of the AI um, and actually broke my Lungman Downtown Annihilation auto, and I needed to redo that while we were on the, while we were on the Ooh. podcast. Ooh. Ouch. Yeah, 400 enemies on those things, but that's not temporary content, that's every week. We're talking about the temporary ones. Um, I, I, I kind of feel like having these, like, high-level challenges on a temporary basis kind of forces players to go outside their comfort zone and try things they wouldn't normally if they're on this, like, must-have-top-tier-only nonsense. Yeah, and you know, like, monetary-wise, it makes sense for the gacha designers, right? Because yeah. a temporary difficult trial means you probably want to have really strong units for that trial, otherwise you feel like you're missing out. So it's kind of, again, this conditioning making you want to pull. Yeah, and wouldn't you know I, I mean, it, they I, also I had it. this, like, wonderful banner on Arknights, which I love, which is, like, guaranteed super strong units if you get the units pulled. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and uh, similarly in World of Visions right now, uh, we have a boss that uh, is uh, weak to uh, mage units, which there are almost none of, and uh, is uh, also weak to ranged units, uh, which the most recent banner is. Especially given that it's a wind elemental unit, which is strong against earth elemental enemies like the boss. Mm. And my favorite unit in art uh, in in War of Divisions right now is Yerma, so I'm so happy. She's also my first LB4 unit because I'm one of Ooh. those scrubs that don't have a level 99 yet. So I'm super happy. Nice. nice. Oh, yeah, no, I mean, I have an MR level uh, 91, but no URs. Yeah, yeah, same here, same here. Yeah. Uh, but. One of the questions it raises, though, is that uh, for the temporary, the temporary trial in itself is a is a thing, but what about temporary unique rewards? I'm fine with them. Again, it gives it, that gives players an incentive to play, and if they missed it, they missed it. it. Like it's harsh, but sometimes you're not going to get everything unless you actually are willing to put in the work. And like this is kind of one of our recurring topics. Yeah, yeah like imagine. 
the risk of snowballing uh, on lower and lower power levels as you're missing the best rewards from the temporary events that gives you an easier time for the next event. Yeah, I mean, like, and it, and you have this sense of pride when you get these limited events because you feel a bit better than the people that started after you. Like, like I mean, imagine not having Cape Producer's jacket. Ouch. Okay. First word. Ouch. <laughs> that hurts. That hurts. Owie. Ouchie, ouch. Uh, man, kick, kicking someone while he's down, that's... That, yeah, I, know, I, I, I would just I would just contact support and straight out lie and say like hey I accidentally sold it can you give it back <laughs> uh, I, I'm not sure I'm not sure they do that though I, I'm pretty sure yeah. like they said on reddit that they don't like if you sold it it's kind of your problem yeah which I don't entirely disagree with but that's besides yeah. the point yeah uh, one of the things I kind of like uh, when it comes to the idea of a temporary trial, is uh, something that started and uh, was interrupted uh, since then in FFBE, which is the Chamber of the Vengeance. There is an original temporary, uh, somewhat relatively hard trial, especially when it's Hesiko. And then uh, you have a more permanent version uh, with uh, some specific uh, different rewards. So there's both the temporary uh, element without also the uh, fear of missing out on the boss's mechanics and they're gone forever. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, when you're dealing with something as temporary as a gacha game, I think this kind of hard temporary content's primarily a good thing. Yeah, I think it's kind of like the, the, the one of the cornerstones, really, of like... Also justifying pulling for these really strong units because hey, it you are the one of those. It does push you to the limit. It does push. It does push you to the yeah. limit that you so got these characters. You got these characters, and then these events happen. So what you mean to say is that you like the temporary trials because they remind you of the game's impending doom and everlasting mortality. Yes, Ouch. that's exactly what I mean. But yes. But ouch. But yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Welcome to the Yes But Ouch podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Well, I mean, like, let's, let's face it. We all play gacha games because we actually hate ourselves. Uh, I try to keep a healthy relationship with my video game style and spending habits in particular. And I haven't had nearly enough coffee to answer that question effectively. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not myself lately to answer that. So okay. So let's <laughs> leave it at that for today. Yeah, I think that question managed to bring us to a grinding halt. So we're gonna go <laughs> so, ahead and wrap it up here. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Congratulations, Thank- Barros! You have managed to win two different podcasts now. Good job! <laughs> ding ding ding! But aside, thank you very much for coming and for being an excellent, excellent guest. Thank yeah, you for thanks. thank you, Barros. We hope to have you back again. Y'all are fantastic. Thank you so much. Uh, we will be back next time with more of the games you love to hate, and hopefully more than just FFBE. Have a good one, y'all. Peace. Have a great day, everybody. Have a great day.